Did you know that today's military women make up 14% of active duty service members? Nearly half of America's female soldiers are mothers and have been deployed. One third are single mothers, and the vast majority of them are primary caregivers. On today's episode of Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, we're featuring a military mom, military soror, and woman veteran entrepreneur with a bit of Zeta Zest. Now here's your host, Deborah Harmon Pia. Welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast, and I'm your host, Deborah Harmon Pugh. There is a cultural shift happening in today's military community, and it is being led by military women and military women who are trailblazers. America's military establishment must get prepared for the growing and impactful presence of today's military millennial women leaders. Two years ago, the Disabled American Veterans Organization released a report titled The Journey Ahead, and it was based on the quality of programs and services available to female soldiers, as well as making recommendations for shaping the VA culture to better serve women in the military and especially to service millennial women in the military. We know that women experience military service and military deployments differently than men. And they have a different post-deployment challenges that they face that are unique among women as well. In today's conversation, we present a military mom's perspective on how military resources impacts them and impacts their children during deployment. I am inviting you inside of our conversation circle for an insider's view of a military mom, military soar, and a woman veteran entrepreneur with quite a bit of Zeta zest. Today's special guest is retired Major Natasha Hines. She's joining us here today to discuss some of the beneficial aspects of military programs, military deployments, family support groups, and to talk about her successful transition back into civilian life. Please join me in welcoming Major Natasha Hines to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill. Don't forget to stay in touch and follow us on social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Vets Rock and Facebook at Women Veterans Rock. I'm U.S. Army retired Major Natasha Hines, owner of Keep Your Hair Headgear, and I'm excited to be part of the podcast posse here at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. It is the summer season here at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, and we are taking this show on the road. This week, we're traveling from Capitol Hill to Knob Hill to meet our friends in the beautiful city of Portland in the great state of Oregon. Greetings, everyone. It's Stephanie Baker-Jones, retired Army Reserve major, nurse educator, and book author, joining you from the Women's Veterans Rock 2020 Summer Road Tour. I'm joining this year's Women Veterans Summer Road Tour from beautiful Portland, Oregon, near the historic and quaint district of Knob Hill. As the author of the book, Journey to Self, How to Get Back to You, 
I can promise that you will learn fantastic tips and techniques to travel on the road back to caring for yourself. Journey to Self is a great summer read and a big seller on Amazon.com. It's going to be an amazing summer road tour, and I'm looking forward to the journey. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. You'll be notified of upcoming episodes so you can join us in the public square for more stimulating conversations. Major Hines, welcome to Women Veterans Rock on the Hill, the podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Well, thank you for joining us. We are so excited to have you here with us today. Military Appreciation Month is an opportunity for us to salute America's armed forces for their service and their sacrifice. So first and foremost, we want to thank you for your service. Thank you, ma'am. We've been talking and interacting and supporting and working with each other for nearly a year, and I'd like to begin with having you tell us a bit about your professional career in the military armed forces. I retired from the U.S. Army after 20 years of service in 2019, and I commissioned out of the ROTC program. I graduated from St. Paul's College through Virginia State University. I spent the first 10 years of my career as a Signal Corps officer, and then I submitted a transfer, a branch transfer, to uh, become a foreign area officer with specialization in sub-Saharan Africa. And so I did that for the last 10 years of my career. So over my 20-year career, I spent 10 of my years overseas. And when I retired last year, I started full-time into a business that I started called Keep Your Hair Headgear. Let's step back a bit and break that down. Tell us a bit about the work that you've been doing in your international affairs. In 2009, I submitted a request to transfer from the Signal Corps to um, basically doing work in uh, African countries. And so that required three and a half years of training. So I did uh, French language training. Oh, my. Right, for, thank you, for six months, French language training. And then I uh, lived in Addis Ababa and worked out of the U.S. Embassy there for one year. During that one-year time, I had an opportunity to travel to 16 African countries, Mm -hmm. and it was basically a year of familiarization with the Mm -hmm. different regions throughout Africa, Mm -hmm. sub-Saharan Africa. Um, And then after that, I went to Syracuse University to earn a master's degree in international relations and public administration. I did that for 18 months. Mm -hmm. And then I went off to work at the U.S. Embassy in Libreville, Gabon, where I did security security cooperation, um, working uh, closely with the Gabonese military and the military of Sao Tome and Principe. And I did that for three and a half years. Mm -hmm. And then when I moved back to the United States, I continued working the Africa portfolio. And then I did a little bit of work uh, for the Middle East portfolio as well. Well, that is quite an impressive career. Please explain to me what stimulated your interest in working in the African region. Back in 2008, the U.S. Army had its first officer retention program because they wanted us to stay in the in the army so they offered 
$25,000 to stay in the Army. They offered an opportunity to go to grad school. They offered an opportunity of, uh, for us to select our post of choice. Mm-hmm. And then the very last option was an option to learn a language of your choice. I'm really impressed and admire uh, people who can speak multiple languages. Mm-hmm. And so I selected the French option. And then I had a discussion with my branch manager or my assignments manager to mm-hmm. find out where he planned to send me after French language training. So what he told me was that the only um, job that requires language training is the foreign area, the foreign area officer branch. And so that's when I – and so – I started looking into it. I applied, um, and I selected the Africa region. I felt like my skills would benefit mostly in that region. And so I was accepted, and off I went for my three and a half years of, of training. Well, that is really amazing. We salute you for your service and your sacrifice to America, and we applaud you for your dedication. The work that you have done in uniform and working in 16 African countries, learning other languages, traveling abroad, and representing as one of America's finest. You've also put that same kind of work and dedication into being a military mom. So you have a young son. My son, he's in the first grade. He's seven years old, and he's fluent in French. He's fluent in French, and so that comes from the benefits of what you selected as a very illustrious career. You have also been able to favorably shape some of the things that has laid a very firm foundation for your son. Yes, ma'am. When we were assigned to the U.S. Embassy in Gabon, he mm-hmm. was uh, he he arrived when he was four months old, mm-hmm. and so he's his caretaker, and then the school that he attended. It was all in the French language. Well, I just love the fact that you have done such an amazing job at laying this really firm foundation for your son where he has been immersed in the French language and the French culture. You have him in French immersion schools. And I'm interested in having you tell us a bit about what benefits have your son experienced that other non-military children typically may not have had an opportunity to experience. Well, I know that he probably has, well, more than likely has more stamps in his passport than the average child his age, um, and probably some adults as well. He's, he's very well-traveled. Um, he can make friends with anyone, mm-hmm. anywhere, and and then also the fact that he's he's bilingual. I think being bilingual is a huge benefit, and it's going to um, you know help him with expanding his vocabulary, and it'll definitely help with those standardized tests when he when he gets older. So as a working mom, and the work that you've chosen just happens to be in the military, and you have a young and active and bright and interactive child that is in a military family, what advice do you have to other parents and military families in regards to the work-life balance that obviously you've done so well at achieving? My advice is that uh, there has to be balance. So when you're at work, you're at work. And when you're home, you should be home. When I was on active duty, my son and I were leaving the house at 6 a.m. and returning at 7 p.m. in the evening. Mm-hmm. So time 
is already limited uh, mm-hmm. with him. So and not bring work home with you. Thank you for that advice that you give to other parents and other families that are working to do work-life balance. We've talked about your work. We've talked about the amazing job that you're doing as a military mom. I'd like to find out a, a little bit more about your transition from military service back into civilian life. You mentioned at the top of this call that you are now a veteran entrepreneur. You are a woman who owns your own business. The name of my company is called Keep Your Hair Headgear. The website is keepyourhairheadgear.com. We offer satin and silk-lined military and civilian headwear, Um, but I'm going to have to take you back to 2004 when my military headgear was drawing out the moisture uh, from my hair and uh, causing it to be dry and it was also breaking off. So I took my headgear to a tailor who put satin lining material into it, and I noticed a significant improvement in the health of my hair. So in 2017, when I moved to the D.C. metro area, I picked my son up from school, and as we were driving to our hotel, because I had just moved to the area, I was thinking I need to start a business, but... And that's when the idea of creating a company that could offer a convenient solution uh, with the military headgear, with the the satin lining, that's when it came to me. So we went to the hotel room. I fed my son, put him to bed, and I started Googling how to start a business. And Keep Your Hair Headgear was born the very next day with, with, you know, in less than 24 hours. It seems to me that that sort of um, reaction to the equipment is something that certainly was not just happening to you, but particularly women who have curly hair and men who have curly hair. Yes, it, it definitely was. And um, we receive feedback all of the time from men and women mm-hmm. who thank us for mm-hmm. thinking about the health of their hair. I am just very impressed with the work that you've been doing with your, your, your business and your products, and I think that people will be very happy to hear that you are not just a person who sells the product. You are a person who really has taken a look at how uh, we need to take care of our hair, and so when you make your products, you make your products based on your own experience and based on the success that you've had with your own hair. And again, I've seen your products, I see how healthy your hair is, and at this time that we all have been sheltering in place, it is important for us to hear um, from a person who has a product that can preserve our hair and who has a background, experience, interest, and passion in helping us to do that. So now you have had this illustrious career in the military where you've worked in a leadership capacity, you've worked in a capacity where you've had to exercise a fair amount of ingenuity and creativity. And here you are at the crossroads of um, you wanting to start a business and at the crossroads of the necessity to have equipment that would work for you personally and a lot of other women. So tell me, how do you feel that the military prepared you to become a business owner? I would say that the military has prepared me with resiliency Mm -hmm. and um, and making things happen with limited resources. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when I started my company, I received several no's from vendors. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they basically told me that I needed to place an order for tens of thousands of units, where I really just needed 50. Um, so that's just an example. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, but I kept pressing on until I, I found someone. And so um, I learned resili- resiliency. I learned um, how to pivot. Mm-hmm. I've learned how to do after action review. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if something doesn't work out, um, it's important to make an assessment or do an assessment of what happened and come up on, with ways on, on how to improve mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. make a decision to not do that again. Mm-hmm. When did you so, separate, Major Hines? I retired in May of 2019. So this is a new retirement, and after 20 years of service to your country, how would you describe your transition from military service and retiring to go into civilian life as a veteran entrepreneur? What what was that transition like for you to transition from military life back into civilian life? So in the Army, in all services, they have what's called the Transition Assistance Program. And every service member is um, allowed to start the Transition Assistance Program two years prior to retiring. So I retired in May 2019. I went to the transition office in July of 2017 to start the process. (laughs) And so, so you were really laying a strategic foundation for when you retired after 20 years of service that you were going to have a plan in place. Yes, exactly. And that's very important, what you just said. It's important to have a plan in place. Um, and so the transition office offered um, several different tracks, um, and I selected the entrepreneur track because I knew that I wanted to become a business owner when I retired. So I took full, um, I took the opportunity to attend several um, business training courses, mm-hmm. um, boot camps for businesses with the Institute for Veterans and Military Families. I've attended so far six of their programs, and I was scheduled to attend another program in July. Uh, that program has been postponed until next year. Mm-hmm. With, uh, yes. So um, I also believe that it's important for um, – it was important for me to have a good supervisor because they, uh, he also played a good uh, part in my mm-hmm. successful transition. Um, it's important for supervisors to give uh, transitioning members time mm-hmm. to transition. Mm-hmm. Um, I know several friends who worked until their last day Mm. Um, and a lot of that also has to do deal with our selfless service because there were times when I was going in when mm-hmm. I was supposed to be at a medical appointment, and then I would go into work before my medical appointment and then, you know, rush off to my medical appointment and then go back to work. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's all about that selfless service, but it's really important for service members to take care of themselves. Now, I will say that when I did finally retire, I applied to several jobs. I uh, considered starting a franchise. So mm-hmm. It was a smooth transition, but then it also involved a little bit of turbulence, mm-hmm. you know, where I was there – was, there, was so, there were so many opportunities, mm-hmm. right? And so the challenging part was deciding which path to really stay on. 
Well, and, and I appreciate your candor in talking about the turbulence that you experienced because obviously you've had a very successful career and you've had a very interesting career. And so now we have a person who was preparing to separate from military service through retirement laid the foundation for um, entrepreneurial training, laid the foundation for the kind of community that you want to raise your family in. And so now here we are at this intersection of saying, well, I've done all the things correct, but there there's some bumps along the way. And so I appreciate your candor in talking about that turbulence because it speaks to your resiliency for getting over those hurdles. Thank you, ma'am. You've laid this foundation, how you wanted to connect when you got into a civilian life after retirement, and one of the places in which we've come together is your connection to Women Veterans Rock and the Women Veterans Rock community. Would you please tell our listeners a little bit about how you got connected through our network of women? I retired in May, and shortly after I retired, I received a message from Dr. Sorelda Herbin. She's my sorority sister. She told me about a Women Veterans Rock event that was taking place in Philadelphia in June. And so at the time, I, it was perfect timing. Uh, my son was off at a grandma's house, mm-hmm. and so um, I decided to participate in the vendor event in June. So that would have been the Women Veterans Summer Leadership Retreat was your first event. Yes, ma'am. There was another event in September of 2019. I received a message from you, ma'am, inviting me to that event in September. But then, And that, and that was around the time when my son was going to be with me. Uh-huh. And I remember informing you that I have my son with me, and you immediately told me that I could bring him. And so I do appreciate you understanding that I'm a single mom, and it's important for me to be with my son. Well, absolutely. And I got to tell you, um, thank you for sharing that with our audience, that when you and I connected and had an opportunity to work at our September kickoff to the Women Veterans Civic uh, Leadership Season of the Institute, and you said to me, well, I have a son, and I thought, okay, we're military women. We come with families. And um, my, my reaction was, you're a military mom. Bring your child with you. And that's the beauty of working and operating and networking in an environment of military women. Because as women, we have children, we have families, we have grandmoms, we have grandpops. And so I was delighted to welcome you and your son here at the kickoff of our September program. Thank you, ma'am. I appreciate it. And then my next interaction with Women Veterans Rock was in November during Zeta Phi Beta Sororities Military Appreciation Week. Mm-hmm. And um, that is when I learned about the connection between Women Veterans Rock and Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated mm-hmm. with the agreement that was signed in 2014 mm-hmm. where Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated would do everything in its power to support the advocacy of women veterans rock. Mm -hmm. So that's Mm -hmm. where I put two and two and two together because I did did not know that um, at the June and September events. 
So we have this symbiotic link and relationship with Zeta Phi Beta Sorority Incorporated because, as you know, uh, Zeta Phi Beta is the first Greek letter, first and really only Greek letter organization that has made a international commitment to supporting women veterans, military families, and women in military families. And when we were together in November during the recognition of Zeta's Uh, Military Appreciation Week, it gave us an opportunity to connect again, but also for us to recognize and be recognized by Zeta, one, for the work that we do, and for us to demonstrate our appreciation to an organization that we genuinely and sincerely consider to be a giant in community service by them making not only a declaration in terms of their support for women veterans, but to demonstrate their work with support and actions. And they're a very generous organization, but not only that, it allows us to interact and connect with military soarers like yourself. So it was um, great that we had an opportunity to connect in November. Let me ask you this. Major Hines, you've talked about your leadership, your resiliency, your agility, and you came to these events at Women Veterans Rock and interacted and started to build relationships within our community. How have you taken those experiences combined with your own leadership expertise? Tell me how 2 plus 2 equals 4 in terms of Women Veterans Rock, in terms of your sorority, and in terms of your leadership in um, the public arena and civic engagement? Well, one of my um, former commanders, um, she told us that we uh, should never just sit around sucking up oxygen (laughs) and that we should always try to give back because Mm -hmm. everyone has a a trail that was blazed for them. Mm -hmm. And so it's important for us to always give back so that others can follow. When I interacted with Women Veterans Rock in June, September, and then in November, I went back to my sorority chapter's president Mm -hmm. to ask her if there was a veterans committee. Mm -hmm. And if there was not a veterans committee, I asked if I could, I basically volunteered to lead the committee. And so that was in December. And then in January is when I was appointed as the Military Veterans Committee Chair. Congratulations. Our committee is comprised of uh, veterans, active duty military, and uh, military spouse. I just congratulate you in the plans that you have and the leadership role that you will continue to play because I think that it is important, uh, like you said earlier, that women who serve in the military are are, are skillful individuals and that you have found another important and creative way to take those skill sets and have an impact in your community and certainly in your network within the sorority. And so I think that um, that is just simply fantastic. Major, thank you once again for joining us this afternoon. It has been an incredible journey to learn about the work that you've been doing as a professional in military service and the amazing work that you do as a military mom. So I'm hoping that you'll come back and join us again, and perhaps we should have a conversation about how do we keep our hair healthy. Absolutely. I'd love to. Thank you. Thank you so much. 
As we wrap up today's conversation with Major Natasha Hines, we want to thank her once again um, for her sacrifice and service during Military Appreciation Month. We want to salute her for the amazing work that she's done as a military mom in building a strong and healthy and vibrant family environment for her and her family. I do thank you for the opportunity, and thanks for creating this program. Happy 10-year anniversary to you and your team. Join us at Women Veterans Rock on the Hill for future episodes where we are delivering conversations from around the globe. That includes North America, West Africa, and the Middle East. You can listen and subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcast today. This episode is sponsored in part by our longtime community partner, Chestnut Hill College. Chestnut Hill College is a certified yellow ribbon institution in the military-friendly college. It has a distinguished history of supporting America's student veterans, military families, and the community at large. We are proud to have this fine academic institution as one of our supporting community partners. And there's one last thing before we go. Today's conversation demonstrates how so many amazing women leverage their military service to expand their careers. They strive to optimize the challenges of work-life balance, how they remain present and engaged as military moms, take care of themselves, and build a plan for post-military business ownership all without ever sacrificing their families, their hearts, or their dignity. In the words of former First Lady Michelle Obama, we must continue to be focused, be determined, be hopeful, and be empowered because there is no limit to what we can accomplish as women.